Hey, it's Heather. It's uh, Thursday night. Well, actually, it's technically Friday. It's Friday the 13th, uh, July, Friday the 13th of uh, 2018. And I'm recording the intro to part two of our special episode on narcissistic abuse in bed. Uh, I don't know if you can hear the sound of that fan in the background, but it is very hot in Los Angeles. I have been sweating uh, for the last week or so. Really hot. Um, But I think the heat wave's almost over, which is good. Um, So as far as uh, any upcoming episodes next week, there will be a solo diary episode. And then the week following that, uh, we will have some special guests I will be in Portland two weeks from today. Uh, All of my show dates are on my website for that. Uh, Just a preview for that, I will be on Earthquake Hurricane on Thursday, July 26th. On Friday, July 27th, I'll be on Standing Up at the Ape Theater and Comedy Night at Owl's Den. On Saturday, July 28th, I'll also uh, be on Comedy Night at Owl's Den again. I'll be on Becky with the Good Jokes at the Funhouse uh, Lounge? No, Funhouse Theater. Anyway, I I don't know what it's called. (laughs) And then at midnight, I'll be on Core Cohen's show. I'm going to leave you with this. So uh, those are my Portland dates so far. I may have a couple of shows added on to that. If I do, they will also be on the website. Uh, Please be sure to follow me on all social media. Instagram and uh, Twitter is Fixed Air Heather. Um, there is also an email for the podcast, which nobody has used, but I do get Facebook messages complimenting the podcast, which is good. Um, so email me at unrulypodcast at gmail.com. And once again, thanks to Lisa for being a great guest uh, for this special episode on narcissistic abuse. Uh, take care of yourselves, guys. Have a nice weekend. Bye. Um, there's, there's a book I wanted to bring up because, okay, so we have about 40 minutes left or 45 minutes. So, so let's get into, we'll, we'll talk about each of our, uh, romantic relationship issues, but I did want to talk about, (laughs) there's a book I do want to bring up before we, um, get too deep into that stuff. So it's, the book is called adult children of emotionally immature parents. Okay. And a lot of this deals with like a narcissistic parent yeah. and, and they call it um, how to heal from distant rejecting or self-involved parents. And this is by Lindsay Gibson. And this was recommended to me by uh, my therapist. And there's a passage I want to read. And this, this basically sums up exactly the things I've been struggling with in young adulthood I'd say now I'm you know I've been in so much therapy that now I'm like totally aware of it and really working on it and I feel like you know my confidence level is you know I feel like a woman now like I am a self-realized woman but I I wasn't able to do that without years of therapy and work okay but there's a passage in here and and it's under the section it's on page 19 if you're following along And it's called Lacking Self-Confidence Due to Parental Rejection. Okay. And this is exactly what I dealt with and what led me into my narcissistically abusive relationship. Okay. So it says, when parents reject or emotionally neglect their children, these children often grow up to expect the same from other people. 
They lack confidence that others could be interested in them. Instead of asking for what they want, their low self-confidence makes them shy and conflicted about seeking attention. They're convinced they would be bothering others if they tried to make their needs known. Unfortunately, by expecting past rejection to repeat itself, these children end up stifling themselves and promoting more emotional loneliness. In this situation, people create their own emotional loneliness by hanging back instead of interacting. Okay? And that, and that's something that I, I struggled with a lot is just, um, especially when I was younger, just like avoidance of people. I remember in high school, I, I was just like so afraid of, of pain and rejection. And I, and I was just like, so like, so upset about that. I felt so lonely and, 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 and that's exactly what I was dealing with. But also if you get into this book, um, there's like a quiz about assessing, the emotional maturity of your parent. Oh, wow. Okay. And so yeah. I thought about my father, you know, when I was, <laughs> when I was doing this, but um, if you check even, I don't know how many you need to check off of these. I think they say, um, oh, checking more than one suggests you may have well been dealing with an emotionally immature parent. I checked oh, my. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven of these. Okay. The, so these are the these are the traits, okay? Um, my parent often overreacted to relatively minor things. Check. <laughs> uh, my parents didn't express that much empathy or emotional awareness. Check. When it came to emotional closeness and feelings, my parent seemed uncomfortable and didn't go there. That's correct. Check. I was I never did you were you able to tell your parents about your emotions or anything like that? I don't know um you know that's a good question you're saying that like my mother i think is pretty stable but i think there was there was a some point in time when i think that's just you're growing up too where you're not like kissing her goodbye in the morning anymore and and that kind of stuff and i think that's normal right and and that's part of like um becoming your own person yeah i i was never i never felt able to discuss anything emotional or intimate with either of my parents i don't think i did either i yeah so i think there was that kind of a thing like we weren't uh, i think my mom regrets that some things now like i think she wishes we were closer than we are Mm -hmm. um but that's just kind of how the way it's gone. <laughs> yeah. Here, here's so. another one. Uh, my parent was often irritated by individual differences or different points of view. Check. Oh, yeah. Uh, when I was growing up, my parent used me as a confidant, but wasn't a confidant for me. I don't think I really have that one. Some parents will do that. Yeah. Yeah. My parent often said and did things without without thinking about people's feelings. Check. Uh, I didn't get much attention or sympathy from my parent, except maybe when I was really sick. Check. Uh, my parent was inconsistent, sometimes wise, sometimes unreasonable. Check. And they talk about inconsistent personality in this book is huge um, because a lot of people who had emotionally um, immature parents are extremely inconsistent and, and contradictory in their patterns of behaviors and personality. Yeah, yeah. And that actually applies to somebody else I dated. Well, that, uh, that, <laughs> I'd like to say, actually, that's the thing about these narcissists uh, with the, the well, we kind of didn't talk about love bombing, devaluing. And we're, oh, no, we're about to talk but, about that. But, but there's, well, here's the thing, though, and what kind of forms that also that like Stockholm syndrome, and they also call it trauma bonding. Right. Um, it's, it's this pattern of 
nice, 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 nasty. And you're like, what yes. the fuck? And then they yes. go back to nice, 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 and nice, it, nasty. And it, it, totally, yeah. it totally fucks up your head yeah. because you're like, well, most of the time they're nice. Right. And you yeah. and, and that's the thing. And then they start becoming more, the balance becomes more nasty than nice. And you're just working and hoping that they get, go back to being nice like they used to be. And, and you think it's your fault and it's not. Right. And there's nothing you can do about it. it but that's like the pattern you're going to see. And, and it's like, what the fuck now? I have to yeah. say in hindsight, it's like, what the um, fuck? <laughs> so here's here's some more traits. If I became upset, my parent either said something superficial and unhelpful or got angry and sarcastic. Check. Big check. Conversations mostly centered on my parents' interests. Oh, I should have checked that one. Uh, check. Uh, <laughs> even polite disagreement could make my parent very defensive. Yes. Uh, it was deflating to tell my parent about my success because it didn't seem to matter. Damn it. I should have checked that off. They were <laughs> my parents were never really impressed by anything I ever did. And, yeah. you know, and that's interesting because I think that has formed the basis of how I am now. You know me. I don't I'm like a workaholic. Yeah, you're crazy. I'm a, I'm a crazy workaholic. Yeah, I, dude, I don't know how you do it. I don't know either. I'm. <laughs> I'm doing literally everything. I mean, I work full time. I do stand up like five days a week, probably. Yeah. I'm hosting a weekly open mic. I'm doing this podcast. I'm taking classes. Yeah. Um. What else am I doing? I'm like writing on the side. I know. I'm like, I do everything. Um. Facts and logic were no match for my parents' opinions. <laughs> Well, that's the world we're living in today. Yo. Check. Shit. Uh, oh, here's one. Uh, my parent wasn't self-reflective and rarely looked at his or her, her role in a problem. That's a huge one. And then the last one, which I think people have a lot of problems with this, and it goes back to the Me Too movement. My parent tended to be a black and white thinker and unreceptive to new ideas. Black mm. and white thinking, extremely harmful. The idea that, you know, either, you know, somebody is all good or all bad and there's no in between. So, yeah. So those are just some traits of, of a parent who may have influenced. So why do you think your dad was like that? Why do I think he was like that? Like, was his childhood fucked up? Do you know? For, like, I, I mean, you know, I, I have to be honest. Like, I don't really know that much about his childhood. Oh. I All I know is that his dad was some sort of like a he was like a bookie for the mafia oh or something and, and you know and there was alcoholism there like yeah, his dad was an yeah, alcoholic yeah. and all kinds of messiness yeah. on both sides of my family there's like um alcoholism depression um yeah. some definitely like grandiose narcissism in some people that i could see from coming from a mile yeah. away La- yeah um, i have to agree like alcoholism in my yeah, family yeah so let's too. talk let's talk about what it's um, like to actually date a narcissist well, and like how to, it yeah, happens i'd like to see this about where this comes from and if it indeed was from an abusive childhood like that fucking sucks and i have compassion for that however i'm it's not anyone's responsibility to stick around and absorb that abuse from somebody right you, you know what i mean and they're they're always gonna figure out how to manipulate someone to be around um for whatever reason they need them there but like you know what i mean so i I can say like wow that really sucks that happened to you right but you're an asshole right and i'm not fucking putting up with this yeah and and as we have eventually (laughs) okay yeah Yeah, so what there's like what there's like three stages we're talking about in the the romantic relationship with a narcissist yeah 
Well, you were saying before we're how, about, how the, the love bombing, how like love it, it was, bombing is this, the first stage, like this positive stuff yes. and you're awesome. And also, these, so this is, you meet somebody and they immediately are just like showering you with right. praise and weird. love and yeah. attention. And, and it feels good, but you need to realize that's not normal. No, it that isn't is, normal. It, you know, in, in a normal relationship, things should progress at a, a steady but kind of slower rate. Yeah, Don't you're you getting think? to know someone, and, you're and that's to figure way out, more like, healthy. You know, yeah, you know instead, much... these are the types of people like you meet them and they want to get married. Yeah, like yeah. in five days. It's, it's seriously like <laughs> and that, that happens quickly. And you'd be surprised how often that happens. That wasn't my experience with that person, but I did have that with another person where it was just like too much. Even my friends were were like. What is up with this guy? Like, we, like moving too fast. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, even the 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 day that I met this dude, like, it was it was in a bar with like twenty people I know, and we were all hanging out, and this guy was just like really it was super weird, and and I was just like, okay, yeah, whatever. And my friends were like, what's up with that guy? <laughs> right. But it was it was interesting. But yeah, I believe that guy's got some mental health issues too You're, well, narcissism. yeah so in, in my situation personally the love bombing was interesting because well i he got me at a time where i was kind of like weakened emotionally you were vulnerable yeah because um i had just moved to la a couple months That's earlier a huge fucking thing well not just life. that but, know, it, but four months before i met him i had a boyfriend who had died right all that so stuff. i was like in mourning i like i really i felt so lonely like i had nobody to talk to and it's you know when somebody dies that's like a whole thing where you like you know they're not coming back right no i mean <laughs> obviously like, that's a have, huge thing yeah you're really dealing with that and so i was in the midst is of a that. huge thing you moving is huge a huge thing and, and, emotionally you know, it's very stressful. so i was yeah. kind of like in a in a weakened emotional vulnerable state yeah um so when i met this guy you know i met him <laughs> I told you how I, how I met him, right? Oh, the movie theater. Yeah, I met him in a movie theater. He he waited after the movie was over to talk to me, <laughs> uh, and I was like, "Oh, how cute and romantic." It's weird, though, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Looking back on it, yeah, yeah. So we went out and like whatever. We had sex like the first day, <laughs> the first date. We went whatever. out. Yeah. So anyway, um, and then after that, like he was so like. I don't know. It was just like too much. Really? Now, looking back on, he was like, "Oh, Lord, like we're gonna be together forever." No, that's like, deliberate I, like, manipulation. Yes. To, to you know, t- yeah. Yes, and just telling me like how amazing I was and how he's never met anybody like me and all this stuff. Just building me up. Some of that might. Be and true, this is what but- they need to do: is they <laughs> yeah. need to build you up so that you can go into the next stage, which is. Devalue. Devaluation. Yeah. Devaluation. Devaluation. So do, what was your experience with that? Um, so I didn't have like a, that extreme love bombing, but everything seemed to be going pretty okay. But then there were just like he would drink a lot and and then. Was he an alcoholic? Oh, yeah. And that's another thing. Mine was these, also. So like their main drug of choice, like I said, is attention, narcissistic supply. But they're also often addicts of substances as well yeah. so and i i think mostly alcoholism yeah, th- yeah this was alcohol i think you know for some people there are other drugs but i was only dealing with an alcoholic and right. um i didn't at the time realize he was an alcoholic but sometimes he would drink a lot and even one of his guy friends or acquaintances was like yeah he can get real belligerent sometimes you okay know? yeah and i mean after you know a long amount of time i, I said something to this guy and this guy's like oh yeah you know, and that's the mask slipping too. Um, but yeah, so he, yeah, there were some of those uh, 
like it was summer and it was really hot and we're like in his apartment watching a movie and I was wearing cut off shorts mm-hmm. and they're afraid at the end and right. like he called me a hick because I was wearing those hmm. and I was like okay and it's something so else- at first it's like kind of subtle and, but, yeah. and you're like what, what did something you else happened like you can start questioning yourself yeah. when they start right. saying well that's what stuff. they want that's the exactly. gaslighting part too right well we'll get to yeah, that yeah yeah that's a whole other thing but um yeah so something else happened that day that i can't remember right now but it was something that you know was pretty bad and and yeah so things like that and oh you know what he has to do he was like i said it was hot i wear a ponytail a lot he would like pull out my ponytail holder because, and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, he, oh, well, it looks hot. I'm like, well, no shit, it's hotter. It's fucking 90 degrees today. You know, that's why I'm wearing a ponytail. But he, you know, he wanted to dominate, like, how I dressed and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, like, one I had that also. Yeah, yes. one time he, um, I was, I was, I had to, like, write stuff down to talk to him. Because otherwise I couldn't get my point across without him interrupting me. So I was like, okay, I'm going to read this and you're going to fucking listen. And so I was and it was, you know, just kind of like some, some about how I felt about something like, please don't do this anymore or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, OK, well, while we're talking about it, I think you should dress better. And I was like, I should have just fucking walked out right there. And I, I really wish I had. Mm-hmm. But he was I was like, OK, you, I, I am not going to like dress up to come over here and sit around and watch fucking Netflix. Like he thought I should because like like I said, you are a reflection of them. So like. First of all, that's fucked up. Like, you shouldn't tell somebody how to dress. But but secondly, it's like, it had nothing to do with me. So, yeah, right. just other just other weird yeah, shit. Yeah, so the, the devaluation that I experienced, it was kind of interesting because this guy, I mean, I would definitely say he was extremely similar to my father. Oh. Okay, mm-hmm. and that's probably part of the reason that there was like a subconscious sort of like magnetic pull. Yeah. Um, he, he was like a neat freak. My dad was a neat freak. Yeah. (laughs) Um, he raged and yelled about like the tiniest things. But when he started devaluing me, I mean, one of the things he focused on was, you know, talking about my weight. Oh yeah. Once again. Well, cause he knew Just like was, my father. Yeah, he knew like that. That, that I, yeah. It was something that, you, that I'm I. I'm sure you've told him that your dad spoke to you in that way. And so he was like, oh, light bulb. I'm going to save that for later and fuck with her. Yeah. So he, so he would say things about my weight. Like he told me that, um, you know, if I lost, <laughs> if I lost 30 pounds, then he would marry me. I'm glad you didn't lose 30 <laughs> pounds. <laughs> I actually have lost weight recently, but not because of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, and then he would use the, um, he would use this whole thing about me being fat or whatever against me. Cause like I, you know, cause for some reason I have a problem, you know, and I know a lot of women who are body positive, they don't take any offense of being called fat or what have you, but I have a really difficult relationship with that word. I still oh, do. Really? Yeah. yeah. It's hard for me because I don't think that I'm fat personally yeah I don't you know I look in the mirror and I actually you know I actually really love my body and that's why I've had I've had a lot of cognitive dissonance with this yeah because you know if you're in a relationship with a man and he's having sex with you and then he turns around and says well you're fat or well you should lose weight it's very psychologically confusing no I had that happen too yeah yeah, because I'm like well he thinks I'm fat, but he's not attracted to me. Like, what does that mean? Right. It doesn't make no, any sense. Like- and this is an actual... I want to read you a text message that this guy sent to me. Because this guy 
One of the things he loved to do in the devaluation stage is if I didn't please him in the way that he wanted to be pleased. I'm not talking about like sexual pleasure. I'm talking about just like if anything in my behavior didn't please him. Like if if like something I cooked, if it wasn't the way he wanted it, if something I cleaned oh wasn't God. the way I wanted it. I mean, one time I did the dishes in his apartment and I there was like a one tiny drop of water on the floor and he chastised me for that. He said that that I was an idiot for that. Because I ha- there was one drop of water on the floor that of the kitchen. That is insane. Oh, yeah. Like, no. But, and keep in mind, by this point, I was in a state of... I was not who I am. Right. Like, I was totally... I don't know what... It was like I was in a zombie state. It, and this is how they get you. They manipulate you into becoming a version of yourself that isn't even real. Like, you're, like, yeah, trapped. It's pretty bizarre. I was, like, trapped. It, like, it was so strange. And I, and I, and in my head, I was like, oh, but I love him, you know? And the reason why I thought I loved him is because of the stage where they build you up, yeah. right? They build you up and put you on a pedestal and tell you how, how valuable they are. And they tell you they love you and all this stuff. And then they subtly start yeah, that's picking away. Nice, nasty. And then, yeah. you know, they say something nasty and then they, they may apologize for it. They, or they may gaslight you and say, Oh, well that never happened. Oh yeah. Right. So one of the things that this guy liked to do, he used to boycott me. Okay. <laughs> that's what he called it. What? So he would call oh, his, he God. would say that I would need to be boycotted if it was, so this was, he would punish me. Okay. Right. So he would punish me. So he called it boycotting. And what this meant that it, it would be, he would, treat me with um what do you call it silence silent treatment. treatment yeah silent treatment and that's like a preferred method of punishment for narcissists oh yeah if you don't, I, i've read about that if too. you don't yeah. please them they will give you the silent treatment so that means they won't respond to anything you're saying like texts phone calls anything and you'll go fucking crazy i remember one time he put me on silent treatment and i put you on silent <laughs> well you know what i mean and i i i sent him probably like 35 texts because i was just going fucking crazy yeah yeah and 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 you, looking back on do. it, I cannot believe that this happened to me because I do consider myself a very psychologically strong woman. And just as an aside, before I get into this text message, I want to say something else. Before I was in this relationship, which I can definitely categorize as emotionally, verbally, and there were, I would say, at least two to three occasions where he was physically abusive towards me. Oh, really? Wow. Yes. I never thought one I never thought that I could be in an abusive relationship right I was one of those women who thought like well if a, if a man is abusive to you you immune you immediately leave right yeah. or if a man puts his hands on you you immediately leave yeah listen get that fucking idea out of your head right now because I never thought this could happen to me and I had no idea how insidious and how evil oh, some very, people could be. Very, this yeah. is abuse is insidious. Yes. And, he, and one of the things I hate is when people say, oh, well, but he didn't hit me. Well, that's the problem. But with he our didn't culture. hit me. Yeah. And my mom is guilty of this. And, you know, I love my mom. God bless my mother. OK. But she has said this about my father dozens of times. She said, well, at least he didn't hit me. You know, but mom, yeah. he was extremely emotionally but and verbally abusive to you. But maybe for her, that's some self-preservation too, unfortunately. <laughs> I, I guess so. But I just want to say for any young woman who's around 26 to 27, <laughs> yeah. you know, which is our ages, mm-hmm. our real ages. Mm-hmm. Yep. If you're in a situation where you feel that you're in an abusive relationship and and you're you're just not sure. I mean, you probably are if you're already questioning yeah, yourself. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. 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 But the fact of the matter is don't don't let anybody tell you don't let anybody ever 
fucking tell you that physical abuse is worse than verbal no, or it's em- not. emotional abuse. They're all bad. That's the, yeah. They're all equally fucking bad. The thing about okay? the physical abuse is you know like that's some yes. tangible thing. The emotional, Get the fuck out of there. emotional abuse is serious because it is a, it's an extreme form of manipulation. It's, yeah, it's harder to and it, to see. it makes like, you become so- someone you're not a version of yourself yeah. that you are not. Yeah. I was not myself in this situation. Okay, so this is a text message that he sent to me, and this is real life screenshots. I have all kinds of receipts from this relationship. <laughs> oh, no. He said, "Quote: You really need to cut the shit, or else you will you will be boycotted indefinitely. Or so, else, <laughs> or else you'll be boycotted indefinitely. So calm down and shut the fuck up. No complaints from here on forward, or else you're going to be one lonely fat bitch." Wow. That's a real text message that he sent to me. And you know what? I can say he's not very smart, <laughs> you know, if he's sending me texts like that, right? Um, but listen, somebody was talking to me like that. Right. And yeah. it went on for way longer than I wanted. And just to let you guys know, I didn't stay I knew something was wrong within the first couple of months. Yeah. Because the, as because their their mask sort of comes off and then you're and then you're seeing like and, this but, real person. But you're also kind of like, what the fuck just happened? Exactly. A lot. Yeah, exactly. You know, like. Yeah. But I would say like three months into dating this guy, I was starting to draft breakup letters. I was starting to write letters yeah. saying that I thought he was disrespectful of me, that he needed to change his behavior. So you knew. All this. You knew. I knew. I was yeah. in therapy also. Yeah. I was. I sought a new therapist at this time, and I told her about the problem, and she said he was extremely abusive and narcissistic. And I was just like, okay, so what do I do? Yeah. And she would always tell me that, well, you need to get away from him. But here's yeah. the problem is, is I was so manipulated. You're sucked in. That, yeah, I felt like there was no way out of this situation. Yeah. Oh, really? I really did. And, and, you know, I didn't really tell anybody the extent of what was going on because I was ashamed. Right. I felt so yeah. much shame yeah. about what was happening. And I also felt in my head, I'm like, but, you know, I'm like, I'm such a strong, successful woman in all other aspects of my life. Yeah. You know, and if people see this about me, they're going to think I'm a loser or they're going to think right. I'm an idiot or they're going to tell me that it's my fault. Yeah. And that's which, again, goes back to victim blaming culture problem. Yeah. You yeah. know, uh, yeah. and to think that there there are other young women because this was going on when I was. <laughs> I was younger when this was I was in my mid 20s when this was happening. OK. And at that age, you're still very vulnerable. To certain well, yeah, things. You're still learning. I mean, you're stuff, vulnerable at any you know? age, yeah. but I feel like at that age, especially for me, not only was I, you know, weakened by some of the things going on in my life, but I always just I, I just didn't feel like I was a fully formed woman at that point. Um, and then, well, you know, or, or another adult. thing yeah. I, I had. So did you experience gaslighting? Let's, um, we should say what so gaslighting is if people don't know. It's basically lying. Well, gaslighting but, but is basically the, when somebody does something to you or they tell you something and then they go back on it and say, oh, that didn't happen. Yeah, a, sort of like, a form like, of manipulation. Yeah, and, and sometimes, yes. well, the original term was from that movie Gaslight from back yes. a long, long yes, time ago. Yes, because it was so about ma- a husband that was manipulating his yeah, wife. trying to make her think she was crazy. Yeah, so he would like, like for example, he would, would he would like move an object, right? And then yeah. she would say, where did that thing go? And he'd, and he'd be like, oh, it was never there, you know? Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I, I can only think of one specific one, but I'm sure there was more that I just I didn't I wasn't aware of that at the time. Like for, for my uh, thing here with this, I didn't realize 
any of this shit until afterwards. You know, like the, anything about narcissism, anything, I, you know, like I was aware that narcissism was a thing. But like while this was going on, like you were just saying, like you had mm-hmm. your therapist and she told you uh, this person is an asshole. And I didn't obviously have I didn't have any therapist at that time. I'm not in therapy now either. But um, I basically I didn't know that it is what I'm calling it now, I guess. Right. Yeah. So. Uh, that's a little bit different experience. Um, so yeah, I uh, the gaslighting. I almost want to say maybe he wasn't clever enough to do that. <laughs> but oh yeah, well I mean the guy that I was dealing with, I would say he. I was definitely more intelligent than him. Oh yeah, for and, sure. They and, don't like that either. And, but oh. he and and so I would see him slip up on certain things. Yeah. And if I ever like called him out on it, like he, yeah. I mean. He would just find some way to try to manipulate. Oh, I yeah. mean, he was so delusional in his own mind that, oh, yeah. you know, everything he said was right, you exactly. know, in his own yeah. head. Well, have you, have you ever had a circular argument? Of course. Yeah. With him. Oh, yeah. Constantly. Yeah. yeah. It was like, constantly a circular it argument. It was the weirdest fucking thing. So strange. Because I had never had that happen to right. me before. Yeah. And I was like, you don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. But they keep, they cannot be wrong. So they'll keep like... Wearing you down, wearing you down until you're finally like, whatever, fuck it. I don't care. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because it's our needs to be right. But also I knew what the fuck I was talking about. And he right. wouldn't he wouldn't accept uh, that. <laughs> and and I finally just whatever, dude. But yeah. yeah. Um, well, so some examples of gaslighting that I experienced. Um, I, there was a time where I was making the bed and he <laughs> and he was like so particular about anything that had to do with cleanliness or like neat freak shit like he oh would God. freak out yeah. if it wasn't done exactly the way he wanted it so he criticized me for the way i made the bed because he said the comforter was uneven right so he grabs who me. fucking cares <laughs> so he grabs Sorry me by I my arm your ears just now no but, you, oh my no God. so he grabbed me by my arm and like freaking like pushes me right and yeah, that's overreacting to something stupid. Yeah, and I and I don't know if it was the same day or a couple of days later where, you know, I told him I was really upset that he did that to me. And he goes, what did I do? And I was like, well, you grabbed me by my arm really hard and you pushed me. And he was like, oh, well, that must be in your head. Wow. He said that must be in your head. And there was another incident where I would say this was so there's definitely at least two times where he was physically abusive. So that's the first one. And then the second time I was and I've told this story before um, to people who may know me, but I was um, I was in bed asleep. It was about three in the morning. Okay. He had been drinking, of course. And and keep in mind, when when he was drunk, that's when I that's the only time I ever saw any window into who he really was mm-hmm. as a person. He would talk about how much he hated himself when he was drunk. Oh, wow. Yeah. He was very simple minded. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so if he was drinking, he would go into all this stuff about... You know, how he thinks he's a loser, you know, how he he knows he's an alcoholic and a bad guy and all this type of stuff. But anyway, I was asleep in bed and I, you know, he wakes me up. He's like jostling me. He goes, Heather, I, I want to have sex. And I'm like, no, I, I'm, yeah. I'm sleeping right now. And he goes, he's like, pull down your panties. I'm like, no, I'm I'm going to bed like we could have sex in the morning. And he's like, Heather we're having sex right now or you can get the fuck out. Wow. Yeah. And so then he puts his hands around my neck and he chokes me and I'm like, the fuck. And first off, here's another thing. Choking is, 
I've talked about this with other people before, but choking is a method of um, physical abuse that is preferred by a lot of abusers because one, it rarely leaves marks. And then two, it sends the message that whoever's doing it to you, they, they will kill you. Right. He did that to me, too. Choking. Um, yeah. Choking is yeah. considered extremely, extremely dangerous by psychologists and psychotherapists. So and they talk about this a lot. And there are laws that have changed. I know there's a law in Massachusetts now. Um, it was a woman who had been abused by her husband. But the method of abuse that he used was choking. Okay. Wow. And Jeez. she had reported it to authorities. But because, you know, he never left any marks or anything on her when he did it. Like, they, they never really took any actions. Yeah. And then, you know, I don't know how many months or years later it was. But he ended up killing her. And, it, and, and it's a sign that Jesus. a man will eventually kill you. Yeah. So choking is very serious. Like, if somebody ever chokes you, like, that, like take that as a sign that they will potentially kill you. Yeah. And I hate oh saying God. like, you know, as soon as a man, you know, puts his hands on you, run out, you know, but no, it's like true, if choking, it's, yes. It's just, no, all of it. It's I, just well, going to yeah. get worse. No, but here, I don't want to blame anybody for staying in a well, no, bad situation. No, but I mean, if you, if you, but have, that's if like you the, ever encounter that, yes. you need to get the fuck if out. If you ever encounter, I, yeah, if you ever encounter choking or anything like yeah. that, that's really My bad. choking thing briefly, it was during mm-hmm. sex. He put his hand on my neck and I kind of froze. And yeah. I was like, because what are you going to do? And also, yeah. And it's not something that you were no, like, no, listen, normally if you're, doing. If you're someone who's into that, good there for you. There can be consensual no, choking right. just, people. But, just be safe, you know, okay? But right. I'm not into that. And that was not something I ever, you know, it's not my thing. Because it immediately no, instills this fear right. within well, you. Right. Well, it's supposed to. Because you can't breathe. Uh, yeah. And, and the other thing is one false move and he he could like slip and fall and break my fucking neck or something right sure so so there's that all of that when you know it's like i was on my back right and and so then yeah same thing like you a couple days later i said to him hey and i was and i was cool about it but i was like hey when you did that the other day i didn't like that i don't want you to do that anymore he goes and he immediately backtracked he goes well you seemed like you enjoyed it and then i and then i was like oh the, well he acknowledged that it happened right well That's yeah totally that but different. then i go and then no and then and then i go no i didn't i don't like that it's scary whatever all these things and then he's like well you know then he then he kind of like well i touch you everywhere during sex like i touch you here i touch you here like whatever mm-hmm. it was just kind of like it just kind of happened it just kind of went near, nearby i'm like sure bitch, i know exactly what you did it's like there's this weird entitlement of these men that they have to our bodies yeah. where they feel like they can just yeah. do whatever it's, they want to our body I like, yeah, I don't understand why some people are into it, but that's their business. Like I said, right. if you have any kind of some um, sexual fetish or something, that's your business. And well, the prevailing theory But this on was that obviously is- <laughs> something that he knew that you weren't into sexually before this happened. If you're going to do shit right. like that, you need to ask. Exactly. That's something like, you know, even like BDSM people, there's a whole code of ethics there. So people don't fucking get injured. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then so then you have like randos or whatever people just like doing shit that they see in porn or whatever. And it's like. Mm-hmm. dude you're gonna hurt somebody right like, well i can and, but they don't care either yeah and i can <laughs> say that from that incident where he choked me that was definitely the turning point where i knew that i eventually i had to get away from this person yeah. and, and and i yeah i'm yeah, sorry to say i i up. did i was dating him after that also like yeah. and he even yeah. though he denied that it happened he said that he didn't remember he told me he didn't remember doing that oh wow yeah so anyway I end up 
uh, so let's talk about the so, well. The <laughs> discard thing never really happened. I guess I I broke up with him. I think, that but it took me months and months to get away. From I think him it's completely. just an extended devalue. But yeah, you're the one who eventually left, and I did yes. that too. Like yes, but it took a while. Yeah. Did it take you a while? Well, see, I figured out that he what. Yeah. He had been chasing other women the entire time. Oh yeah, yeah. no, I had the same yeah. thing. Yeah, and also. I didn't, yes. and and I I don't know if he fucked anyone else. Um, but it's not for lack of. Oh, trying. I know for sure that my ex you know, did. I I mean, you know. I caught my ex. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was. I and this is what's so strange to me is that he was carrying out sexual relationships with so many women. I'm not even oh, kidding. Wow. I don't know. I I don't even know how many. There were at least four that I found out about. Wow. At least four. Okay. And to me, it's amazing that um, that people even have time to do any of this stuff. Yeah. It's so crazy. Oh, but God. he must have been spending all of his spare time when not working, like trying to juggle all of these relationships with women but he wasn't as smart as me so that's how i caught him some people just they really get like a rush from that well he actually came over to my place on thanksgiving and i cooked thanksgiving and we were in bed later and he was texting somebody and i saw that he was texting somebody named aaron e-r-i-n and i go who's (laughs) aaron and then he goes oh no i'm texting somebody named aaron a-A-R-O-N. Like, that's just so dumb. Like, but... I'm stupid. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know what he's doing. That's so dumb. So I researched that and I found out that, you know, she was this girl that he was sleeping with. And then I confronted him about it on my birthday. That's how much, that's how fucking pissed I was as I ruined my own birthday confronting him about this. You know, because oh, I just too. I was just so oh, fed that's up. So funny. I was yeah. just so fed up it's that shit. I was like, you know what? Let's get it out there. Like, I know that you're a liar. I know that you're a yeah. cheater. That you're full of shit. You know. You know. And that was. And thank God I, I called him out on it. That sucks, Heather. But in retrospect, that was probably the best birthday gift you could have given yourself. Yeah. And <laughs> no, looking back on it. I mean. And I. And you know. I, I And I still feel kind of ashamed for how long it took me to get away from oh, him. Oh, absolutely. Me too. But. Yeah. Um, we shouldn't I, feel But that. it it's took not... me a long time to build up the strength. Yes. To do it. Yes. And also to know that, you know, he wouldn't be. I guess retaliatory against me oh, once I finally thing. did it. That's another because thing. um once I eventually because I broke up with him and then I would say it was probably another like seven or eight months for me to get him completely away from me. Yeah, well that's the you know to Wolverine. and then I you know I blocked him on everything. Yeah, I haven't blocked on everything except um he actually you know he emailed me last week. I'm not even kidding. Did and you this read is it? After, I read it, but it was after. Well over a year, year almost two years yeah. of you know breaking all this no contact. contact. Well, that, yes. oh, that's the important thing, ladies and gentlemen. No, no contact. contact, none. That is once you finally get away from none. one of these people, and you have to employ you know, no contact. No that contact, is the only way you're going to be able to escape this. No contact means obviously don't hang out, don't talk on the phone, don't text you block each other. them on but, every form but of social media. It also means you do not troll their Facebook because even though you're not like interacting directly with them mm-hmm. you are still having contact you're seeing that and i've done that i've done that to myself where i i would google oh what's this asshole up to now and i just feel like shit for the rest of the day so i'm like i'm not doing that anymore i don't care right you know so you i mean it's hard you know at first especially it's very difficult i mean i didn't have a whole lot of like social media interaction actually we were never facebook friends um because i just didn't care like i'm not a huge social media person but um, you know, but that's also where you can find out shit that's going down. <laughs> yeah. But if you need to, but um, right. Yeah. Uh, you know, I 
Yeah, I kind of got to wrap up here, huh? Well, yeah, but so let's talk about like just recovering from yeah, this, well, this and is knowing thing, what to look yeah, for in the future. Well, there's that. The what is your part in this? That's what a therapist said to me, and yes. I have come to realize, like I was saying, I think my my mom's pretty okay, but my thing was like perfectionism mm-hmm. and and stuff like that, um, and being a good girl and not getting in trouble, sure, not rocking the boat, right, all that kind of shit. Where so I was just like, okay, whatever, you know, I didn't want to, um, I didn't want to piss anyone off, and even if that meant like doing what was wrong for me mm-hmm. and I didn't realize this about myself for obviously for a very long time and, and I struggled you know, with perfectionism as well yeah, when I was younger yeah yes. and, and I think some of it too is a little bit cultural like my family isn't religious or anything I mean they're catholic but I and also you know the part of the country where I'm from people pair up pretty quickly and I just felt like I there's always been some background noise about like you get with somebody and you stay together or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That kind of yeah, shit. Yeah, and there's also this expectation that um I think a societal expectation where if a woman, you know, isn't in a romantic relationship that there's some sense that she failed at something, right? Yeah. I, I think these expectations that we place on women, you know, to have a boyfriend yeah. or a husband, I think it leads into these, you know, these sad paths where women yeah. feel like they have to be with somebody or else they're worthless, you know? And what we should be teaching women and young women in particular is that they're fine on their own and they could be strong on their own, you know? Yeah. And, you know, and that's, that's what I try to be. I don't think that I have that particular problem. However, you want to be with some, I guess I have to say my, my my main problem with that is serial monogamy. That's how my life has turned out. Sure. And that's fine. Like, you know, that's kind of my, my preferred pattern for whatever reason, um, you know what I mean? So like mm-hmm. I would I will tend to stay with people longer than I should because I feel like that, you know, there's nothing wrong with um, not being monogamous, um, but I don't feel like it's for me. Mm-hmm. So or you know what I mean? Like I don't feel like um, I've. I'm a successful uh, whore, slut. <laughs> There's right. no such thing as a slut, ladies and gentlemen. But I like if I just don't think that that's right for me. I've never felt good about it. Um and so, uh, yeah, I guess I prefer to have the boyfriend situation, right? And, um, but I, you know what? I've been single for a couple of years now, and I got to tell you, my mental health has never been better. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, it is what it is. But, um, right. no, I, I mean, I am open to having a healthy, loving male companion, but I do not have one right now, and I'm feeling pretty fucking good. Right. Well, but, I but think- like I said, what you were just saying, like, that's not the normal but mm-hmm. I, it's also taken me many years to get to this point like I was never like dying to be in a relationship like I, that kind of value thing like you were saying mm-hmm. I, it wasn't that not consciously anyway um, mm-hmm. but but for but I'm sure for a lot of people it is you know or there's the loneliness part too where you're just like yeah. listen it's so much better to be alone than it is we're, to be we're with an asshole we're also conditioned <laughs> we're conditioned in the society that that being alone or lonely is a bad thing you know, people are afraid no. well, of Well, that's two things. different things. See, I'm alone, no, but I'm not lonely. No, I know what you, you mean. Know? But what I'm saying is, is that we are taught to fear loneliness in general. Yeah, I suppose. 
Don't you think? But when, when it's a totally, it's a valid emotion. Well, nobody wants to admit that. Every emotion that you have is valid. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think people, I think especially in this society, we're conditioned to avoid negative feelings and negative emotions when they're really, we should be embracing every you have aspect to acknowledge that shit. of yeah. the human experience. Yeah. And part of that is embracing sadness, embracing loneliness, pain, depression, you know, mm-hmm. anger, what have you. I mean, these are all emotions that we should experience. If you're emotionally healthy... Oh, um, so wait, so there was a book I mentioned earlier. Let's talk about a couple of these books. So, so the book I recommended, um, this is right from my therapist, folks. She, (laughs) she told me to read this adult children of emotionally immature parents. And that this has a lot of tips. If you grew up with a parent who was either, um, not even necessarily narcissistic, but just like selfish and self-centered, I think this goes for a lot of people. It'll explain a lot of things, especially if you've been questioning certain patterns in your life and relationships. I think this book will have a lot of insight and I'll put, um, I'll put a link to it for Amazon on my, on the description of the podcast so you guys can just buy it. And then the other book that we both have read, it's I haven't called, read it. Oh, okay. No, there's another book. Yeah. It's called The Human Magnet Syndrome. Like and that's Ross by Ross Rosenberg. Ross Rosenberg, um, who you're a fan of. Yeah, he has yeah. a YouTube channel that is very helpful. I recommend that. Um, mm-hmm. There's Actually, there's a lot of YouTubers out there that, you know, this guy is actually a therapist, Ross Rosenberg, but there are a lot of other people who are not, but they they also have gone through this and so you know as somebody who's experienced it you have certain insight into it as well um ross rosenberg also said that i think his two of his wives were kind of narcissistic so that's what kind of he was like holy shit what's going on with because he felt he felt unloved and uh, invalidated right i don't remember what it was specifically but he he realized that there was something also going on with him like my perfectionism your father you know that kind of stuff right because basically the premise of his book is that codependents are magnetically subconsciously attracted to people who are emotional manipulators and this includes narcissists and also it could be addicts yeah so like with alcoholics because i've dated a lot of alcoholic Mm -hmm. men yeah and subconsciously i am attracted to that yeah he's all about like i can it's so interesting because like it's so interesting how this works psychologically because i'll see a man and i'll be like oh my god i'm so attracted to him and i swear to god nine times out of ten he's an alcoholic oh my god (laughs) you can sniff it out (laughs) it's so weird it's so weird I, i and i'm working on that guys (laughs) yeah you just gotta i don't know i'm kind of um not attracted to or if i know someone's an alcoholic i'm not going there you know i mean obviously i know now but i I hadn't had any issues with alcoholism Mm -hmm. uh, in relationships or even with myself until that time yeah yeah and um it, it i don't know it's just like I guess at first I didn't realize that this guy was probably an alcoholic, but he even admitted like, yeah, I drink too much. Right. But, um, I, so basically what it comes down to is just looking out for signs that something is wrong, you know, yeah, and training yourself to like not fall for certain manipulations. Yeah. Just looking for signs that something's See, not. The thing if is, something it, if something seems too good to be true, that's prob- another thing. Oh, it, it is. Yeah. Right? Well, the, the other thing is if you're an emotionally healthy person, you're not going to take any of this shit. The first sign of anything, you're going to be like, boy, bye, because right. you know better and you value yeah. yourself, you know, more than than to give yeah. a fuck what but this person But let's be thinks. honest. I mean, I, I think being emotionally healthy is more rare than being <laughs> 
Oh, absolutely. <laughs> being emotionally well, okay, unhealthy. <laughs> okay, you value yourself enough to know that I am not going to put up with this shit. Sure. And and that's it. And then, and, and so, you know. And, and that's that, and that's what I'm, I'm working towards. Yeah, you know, I feel like yeah. I'm almost. I think that, yeah. you know, yeah, you're, sometimes you're in these situations and you, maybe you don't say it to yourself out loud or whatever, but subconsciously you think, I can't do any better. Whatever, mm-hmm. whatever it is, you know, like, um, right. yeah, it's that voice, like the voice I have of, of my father in my head, you know, saying that I'm too fat yeah. or saying or one of the, he used to say that um, if you keep laughing the way you laugh, nobody's ever going to love you. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's like one of the most distinctive things about me. you. My laugh. Yes. I know. I know. Everybody and knows I've, that. I've struggled with that Who for gives a, a, a lot Girl, of years. Girl, let it fly. No, I know. Now I don't care. <laughs> yeah, but, I, you know, I, I love my laugh. I also, I got voted worst laugh in high school. Well, no, I didn't get voted. Some some asshole in my high school. Look, I'm going to put it out here, folks. <laughs> I have a $10,000 reward. No, not that much. <laughs> A hundred dollars, a hundred dollar gift card. I don't know. <laughs> I have a reward. Wait, for, for what now? Whoever can bring me the head of the person on yearbook committee. Oh my. Who put me down as worst laugh. Because <laughs> whoever did it, they were being a little smart ass and I want to know who they, it's, who, I don't know, kids on yearbook committee are mean. Well, first of all, wasn't there an adult in charge of that thing to yeah, say, no, I, that's I not a category that, when well, you, who you cares? know, best something, yeah, I suppose. No, who but, cares? That's not my point. My Jesus. point is, my point is, is that I've taken, I've taken it from all directions, this like yeah. disparagement, my whole life from all directions yeah and look what it's gotten me i'm a workaholic yeah. making content for the people yes constantly and a luxurious studio apartment that's right you know i'm yeah. very successful as a stand-up comedian i know uh so you know just to wrap up here so so we talked about a whole bunch of things uh, wow but you know i think we could go on you, for at least two you, more podcasts why about don't you this? sum up exactly whatever you want to say we just have a couple more oh, minutes shit. here well just sum up <sighs> Don't any message any message that you want to send to D- listeners don't suffer assholes at all um i you know this yeah the me too movement and stuff i think is i hope it continues to um grow and people start to realize like some of the crazy shit that's been going on that just gets swept under the rug and i think this is a step in the right direction obviously but i just hope it the momentum continues with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess if you if you are so you sent me that article something about trusting your gut and stuff. Yeah, I will say this: that entire relationship, um, I had anxiety and it kept getting worse and worse. I didn't understand what it was at the time, but I know now. And I mean, I've had depression. It gave me some depression too. I've had depression and I've had anxiety. And when I've had anxiety, I also had depression. But <laughs> I'll say this. Um, if you have depression and it's like mild enough, like it sucks, but anxiety is so much worse. Um, mm-hmm. But if you if you know what, if you know anxiety when you're feeling it, there's something wrong. Right. And you are you're this is trusting your gut. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and we're told not to do that. And then you read about it. And it's like, yeah, you totally you have to. Um, and it's 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 kind of a weird thing because I was I, I was like, yeah, I feel weird about this. Nah, it's bullshit. Well, I was wrong. Um, so, yeah, if you feel any weirdness about a situation, you need to, you know, just open your eyes and, and, and either if it's if it's obvious that it's bad, go away. But like if if it's if you're questioning it, like. Really, just like observe, 
observe okay. and, and get the fuck out of there. Okay. <laughs> if, if it's and I bad. think I think in some I just want to say, and this is like especially for any young woman out there who may be listening, could be a young man, you know. But we're focusing mostly on women. Right? No, but <laughs> who you, may no, be this, in a situation. This, this totally happens to men too. And yeah. I would say read up on this stuff. There's tons of information out there right. about yeah about this. Any and, anybody yeah. who is in an abusive relationship yeah. or is in a relationship with a narcissist These people or, are master manipulators you know vamp so, emotional yeah. vampire of some too? sort oh, just yeah. know you are not alone we have been there we get it and it's okay to reach out for help okay yeah. so seek yeah you know seek a therapist seek help from somebody who you feel safe with the okay thing, if you feel like something this is something i did was something would happen and i would go and google it and i'd be like what does yeah. this mean blah blah, blah. if yeah. you find yourself with the urge to google something fucked up something is fucked up and just leave oh yeah <laughs> definitely i mean if you're googling yeah. things yeah, and, and i know what you like, mean yeah. 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 And then I think just what I want this episode to help with, I just want people to know that there, you know, there is hope for change and hope for just becoming a stronger, more sure person. And, you know, yeah. I did it and anybody else can, you know. Right. So I guess that's pretty much it. So how can people find you on social media? Uh, I'm post social media. Okay. Are you on Twitter or Instagram? If you want to look at my stupid fucking pictures on Instagram, it's at fake Lisa for real. F-O-R-E-A-L. Yeah. Okay. And of course, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at my handle at Fixed Air Heather, which does relate to astrology. She has some pretty good stories. <laughs> so I think you I have should... good Instagram stories. Yes, she does. That's like, true. And, yeah. Um, and then the podcast is on Twitter at Unruly Podcast. We are on iTunes. So please uh, leave a review if you're so inclined and please subscribe. Um, we're getting a lot of listens and I get a lot of good feedback. So, yeah. And I think this episode is going to be really helpful to certain people and I'm excited for people to listen to it. And if you guys have any questions, you know, just let me know. Just hit me up on Twitter. You can email me. Yeah. Um, I do want to hear from people. There are a lot of resources out there. Sometimes therapy can be scary. Uh, mm-hmm. The concept of it or expensive, but actually, and uh, I think I'm going to post some links to yeah, some low cost um, therapy. There's places. sliding scale things yes. too. Sliding scale therapy. Yeah. Um. I, yeah. I don't know how to Just, go about that, but there's there, it is there. For, there's help for you at every level. Yeah. Oh, the other thing about therapist is not every therapist is equipped to handle this kind of thing. So you kind of have to seek them Do out. Do some research. You need to ask the questions. There are uh, a lot of them listed online, and it uh, lists their therapy or um, their therapy types, and also like things that they specialize in. But not everybody is gonna be equipped to to deal with this kind of stuff. Right. So that's really important because you could go to a therapist, and it's just. It's it's good that you're doing something, but it's not gonna help you specifically with what you need, right? Yeah, or whatever. So perfect. Yeah, yeah. Well, Lisa, thank you for coming out today Thanks and for having speaking me. Hey, with I'm me. your um your first lady guest, aren't I? Yeah, that's exciting. Well, I haven't had that many guests, (laughs) but thank you for pointing that out. You are the first lady guest. (laughs) All right, everybody. So that's it. I guess um, I guess this is uh this is Heather signing off. And uh, should I have a should I have a slogan at the end where I say "Stay unruly" or something like oh, that? I like that. Yes. I don't know. It sounds a little corny, right? Well, we're gonna try well, it, guys. You, you, well, think of one. We're gonna try it. We Here are? it goes. I'm gonna say it right now. It's like it's kind of like Pete Holmes saying "Keep it crispy." Or or could you say "Stay unruly" for me? <laughs> stay classy, San Diego. Um, yeah, stay unruly, but not narcissistic.
Very good. Thank you. Bye. Bye.